1: This, this, this is this, is this, 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 this. fight disciples. We are
0: gathered here today
1: for the fight disciples. UFC and boxing talk. It's Tuesday night we're up the top of the tower can mean only one thing: the fight disciples are taking over Radio City Talk for the next hour of nothing but fighting talk and fighting chat. We've had another incredible week in terms of Merseyside boxing. Loads going on. I'll come up to that a little bit later in the show. Uh if you're any if you're looking for a bit of MMA content this week, check out our MMA podcast and our boxing podcast. Both of those are available online, fightdisciples.com or through our social media links at Fight Disciples. Loads of chat there about Darren Till, Paddy the Baddy, all the usual guys from this neck of the woods. Also, we have a big lowdown on Tony Bellew's situation. I'm going to speak to my guest about that a little bit later on in this hour as well. But for more on Tony Bellew versus Alexander Usyk, check out Fight Disciples boxing podcast available today. That brings me to tonight's special guest. And listen, regular listeners to this show will be aware that a couple of weeks ago, I had two young lads in the studio uh Brian Phillips and Nick Ball these two guys went head to head at the MTK Liverpool show at Greenbank Sports Academy 2 weeks ago now in the aftermath of that fight I did a show straight afterwards on here and uh, on Radio City Talk and I described how Brian Phillips was pulled out of the fight in the second round and I also said it may have looked a little bit premature and you know th- that was my immediate reaction now I subsequently was able to have a text conversation with Brian Phillips's trainer Scotty Hamilton and he was telling me different things that were going on, obviously painting a bit more of a broader picture in terms of what went on around that fight. And I thought, you know what? Why keep that to myself? Scotty's a good-looking lad. Hmm. Let's get him in here. Like like myself, he's got a bit of a face for radio. Scotty Hamilton, young trainer extraordinaire. Welcome to the show.
0: <laughs> like Nick, okay?
1: Very well, mate. Yeah, yeah. very well. Uh, always nice to have uh, another beautifully bearded chap in studio. Loving yeah. your beard work there, Thanks very much, <laughs> <Yeah>, Cheers. <laughs> um, I want to talk to you, obviously, about your background in boxing and everything else. But first and foremost, let's cut to the chase. Let's go straight in. Yeah. You know, I was on this show two weeks ago, and I was criticising you yeah. for yeah. pulling Brian Phillips out. Now, for me, the fight started great. They had a little bit of a gun show in the first round. Yeah. Brian straight, straightened Nick's leg with a good right hand in the first round. Mm. Um, but then in the second round, he got caught in a firefight. It was in your corner, right in front of you. You couldn't have been any closer. No. And Brian obviously took a couple of big shots. You threw the towel in. Just take us back to that moment, if you can, and obviously your you're thinking around it.
0: It's would say basically, I think Brian, he seemed a bit more emotional yep. than I thought he was going to be. Um, and the game plan that we had in mind, bear in mind uh, Nick Ball's uh, style, uh, ferocious intensity. Um, we wanted to uh, use our height, yep. use our range, um, get Nick's respect early on, ping him early, you know, Nice long shots, long jabs, um, dropping the jab down to the body coming back up with the backhand, little dips, little feints and things. And um uh, that wasn't happening. Uh, Brian sorta of met him head on. Yeah. Um Nick seemed like really effective. Um and Brian was sorta of, did I I've, I've trained Brian full time for uh, for two years and um been there uh, pretty much every day with the sat these off. Uh, even when we were waiting for his licence to go through. He was saying with me every every day. Uh see him spar thirty-two rounds with Carl Frampton and Gavin McDonald and um great kids from Masty VIP and things like that. And um his eyes were gone. His mm-hmm. eyes were gone in the in, in the first uh, to be honest with you. He had a different Do you look. mean when he came back to the corner? No, no, right like, I, I just when you see could see him, him like, moving to the, around to the, the left hand side of me, I could see his eyes and it's just um I did think at that point that was a little um all I thought was Nick's shots are effective there. Yeah, effective. yeah. It was the first time I'd seen Brian hurt. Right. Now, obviously, sparring in 16-ounce uh, gloves are very, very different from fighting in them little gloves. Of course. um, I'd never seen him hurt in the spar, but he's come back I've sparred Frampton and told me about Frampton like landing a beautiful left hook to the body and he's had to have a poker face and hide it and things like that, but I've never f- seen him. I knew it until he told me. Yeah, yeah. But I could see he was hurt. I could see he was uh, he was effective. Um, It's only the first round, but... He wasn't doing the things we'd worked on day yeah, in, day yeah. out for eight, for, eight, uh, for eight weeks. And Brian's got a uh, good boxing, boxing brain. He's got lovely footwork. He's got lovely uh, variety of shots. Um, but it, it just didn't seem to be. It, it didn't seem to be happening. Um, obviously, he's got his old coach in the uh, the, the, the other corner. Yeah. Um, he's top in the show. It's only his fifth fight. Of course. Things like this, and it's, it's like, a local rival. Yeah, friends yeah, and yeah, family yeah. are there. It's I like Derby I, Day. I like. I felt it to be honest. It's like. Yeah, you know, I've walked out with other with, with the O2. Yeah. But this felt, obviously, miles bigger. course. Miles bigger, do you know what I mean? It was just like, um, you know, you're in front of your peers and stuff like that. And I wouldn't say I felt nervous. I felt, more felt, like, excited type of thing. Of course. And I, I kind of, in the changing room, that's what I got from Brian. He felt, like, excited. Obviously, I digress type thing, but it's... Um, but they're the
1: moments, aren't they? That's what you're both in this for. Yeah. Them just, adrenaline-fueled I, moments. These yeah. are the big moments when the spotlight is on. Yeah. You know, January, where, Yeah. I think every trainer and every fighter, as well, you understand that there's a there's a, a level to the game. So you start on undercards, you start early on on shows and everything else, but it's all working towards this moment. And it, yeah. and it felt like this was the moment. Yeah. But you feel like Brian got a little bit caught up in the moment.
0: I I don't, I, I don't know. We need to we need to speak. Yeah. We need to speak properly about it rather than uh, sort of modern day speaking, which is generally via text. Of course. Uh, I need to need to uh, sit. Probably away from the gym. Um, he, he went straight away to Sanri. I think. Well, obviously, we'll we'll come to that in a bit. But you know, he went away to Sanri. He had a little bit of time with his little boys and his his family and stuff and his girl and stuff. So, um, uh, we haven't really sat down and spoke about it properly. Um, you know, so we need need to speak and sort of get get his thoughts and everything. But um, so when, when capable... he come
1: back to the corner, so you're you're watching the first round. And you're thinking, I don't like this. I don't like the way this is going no, here. No, this is not no, what we've planned. No. This is not what we've worked no. towards. Basically, what you're saying is, you, Brian, you're fighting Nick's balls. Fight now. Yeah. You're meeting fire hook, with fire in the hook, centre of the ring.
0: The That's what I mean. Fighting the fighter.
1: Exactly. Like, you're giving away all your height advantage. You're giving yeah. away all your strengths, yeah. and you're fighting his kind of fight. He's so smart, when he come back yeah. to the corner at the end of the first round, yeah. was that when you thought, right, okay, I've got an imprint in his
0: brain now. We need to go back to our game plan. And yeah, what was his that, response like? Yeah, so basically, um, uh, Brian sat down. I said, um, dead calm type thing at this point obviously as I say we're only at the end of the first round uh, first round hasn't gone like I wanted The two blinds capable of so much more such a talented kid and it's like uh, he sits down and he goes he's good yeah and I said can I swear yeah. <laughs> no but no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said whatever yeah yeah you, never mind that. about him forget that you're good you're exactly. good yeah stretched his arms out his right leg was a little bit his right leg yeah it was a little bit wobbly and I just wasn't happy with his eyes at that point, especially as it was one eye in particular. Uh, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not gonna. Um, so do go you mean to... do you
1: mean by that he's glazed over, he's yeah. looking in wrong directions, yeah, or was just what...
0: the big, uh, big his eyes? I'm gonna go as far as just saying his eyes didn't look right. That's yeah, it. yeah. That's wow. as much as I know. At oh, that wow, point. okay. Uh, see, I, this it...
1: is the o- you're the only person in the whole arena that's it, that yeah. can see this because yeah, you're the only it. one that's standing directly yeah, in front of him. That's
0: it. Yeah. Of course. And, uh, I just, I just didn't like the way his, his eyes looked as i say it's like we, we've sparred um i've been there we he sparred so much obviously we have, we've had four fights four wins previously absolutely um never seen this look on his face type of thing It looked a bit looked a bit shell shocked type thing and nick balls a good kid and um strong kid yeah and um had so much leverage in his in in his shots and um yeah, I just didn't like the look. Anyway, but at this point, I'm sort of trying to regroup. I'm trying to get Brian to regroup. Yeah. such the uh, legs out. Right leg's a little bit wobbly. Don't like the look in his eyes. I said, okay, take a few breaths. I'm going to give you a little drink. Everything's all right. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Boise's there. Boise's yeah. giving him the ice bag on the shoulder or a um, little spray, a little drink. Yeah, we're trying to regroup. Yeah. And just after. nice and calm yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, and basically, I'm talking to him. I didn't like the way he was looking at me. So I never like <laughs> coaches shadow boxing in the corner, but I, I, I stood up and I physically sort of wanted, wanted them to visually see. Yeah, yeah. Just to remind them, to, you know, push in, push out, come on. Yeah, Let's yeah. use our range, you know what I mean? I said, get them on the end of your shots. Jab the head, fire down the body, then look, at sending the uppercuts up and all these different things that we uh, worked on for an unending amount of time, you know what I mean? Of course. And, um, and, and the fact is, he's more than capable of. And, um, yeah, he's sort of gone out for the, gone out for the second... And um, I think Chris Walker noticed. I've spoke to Chris a couple of times now, but I think Chris Walker noticed. I had the out, the towel quite early on. Mm-hmm. Now basically all that was was I just wanted to be in control. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to throw the towel at that point. I just don't like the way things are happening. Brian Rice right, is as tough as our boots. Yeah, right. Nick hits him with a left hook that shook him to his boots. Yeah, yeah. But uh, well, he's not going to go down. No, he isn't. He's not going to go down. He's tough as anything, as regards. And um, sometimes that's to the. Oh, com- absolutely. The... Listen,
1: if this is a world title fight in Las Vegas, the pinnacle of his career, then maybe you'll let him go a little Definitely. bit longer. It's his
0: fifth fight. Exactly. Early on in his career. Of course. It's fifth, his fifth fight. And it's basically, um, yeah, just... Um, I, I, I watched on uh, Jazz's... Jazz has done like a little live uh, video, and I know you can see better than that, but you can probably see somewhere in between what I can see and what's on that video. Yeah, What you can see really is pressure. Uh, you can probably see shots landing, but I know him inside out. Of course, I don't like the effect. Nick's picking the better shots. Nick's boxing to his game plan, um, but Brian wasn't. It didn't look like he was going to. I didn't like the shots he was taking. Um, I've asked for Peter, Brian's uncle, who's who's sort of like uh, he's my second, and he's uh, I asked for the sal. He went no, don't do that. I went no, don't worry, just give me the sal. Yeah, yeah. And I basically just want, wanted hold of it. I wanted to be able to make a decision fast. Of course. The safety of the fighter is paramount. Um, that, 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 that's what I believe. And um, I wanted to be able to get the ref's attention instantly. Of course. Not two punches Not right to go, or Wait, three punches quick, right someone there. pass me the towel. Yeah, because yeah, by yeah. then, two or three pu- m- more punches that's could that's the only land. reason why, at that point, I'm standing on, this, um, I'm standing on the ring apron. I think, yeah. I think the, the stoppage come to uh, 2.35 or something. Something like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two thirty. 230, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. Shabez, maldrick Taylor. Well, of course. I mean, I, Listen, I, I, it, it only I, takes
1: know. one shot. It yeah. only takes one shot, and you know, to hear it from your perspective. As you say, you're the one that looks him in the eyes. You're the one that's with him every single day. You know him better than anybody. So it's easy for someone like me who's sitting on the opposite side of the ring. By the way, yeah. at least fifteen feet away yeah, yeah, from yeah, where yeah, you are yeah. actually with Brian. Looking, well, at I understand it. people. I understand other people's
0: point of view as well, and it's like,
1: and, and I think for self selfish reasons as well. I'm sitting there thinking, this is brilliant, local yeah, derby, course, yeah, two kids yeah, yeah. putting it all on the line, yeah. the place is erupting, the two of them are standing in the middle of the ring, exchanging bombs, and you're like, this is fantastic. And yeah. from a, you know, a bit of a gross way of looking at it, but from a fight fan perspective, you're like, oh, this is yeah, what you yeah. want.
0: Yeah, of course, yeah.
1: But you're I, the one that has the reality check I, it and go, I, I this is their that. fifth fight. i ruined
0: that. <laughs> yeah, but that's your job, though. If, it's like, as I, you say, if it's a British title fight, maybe yeah. you let it go a bit longer. Look, if you ask me for a list of my uh, all-time British fights, I'm going to talk Hatton and Thaxter. I'm going to talk um, Jamie Moore and Matthew Macklin. I'm going to say, well, on the world stage, you know, I love uh, Mickey Ward, Toto uh, Gatti. Gatti, of course, course. Diego Carales, Jose Luis Castillo, of course. I don't want my fighter and his fifth fight to be in this type of fight. Absolutely. And it's like, ever, honestly, ever, ever thought it was just a crisis? Ever thought that I seen something? I know it's early on, but if I ever thought that Brian was going to. Um, do what we have worked on, yeah, for, for the eight weeks. No towel wouldn't have went in. I wanted to win that fight badly, of course. God. And it's like, I, I'll never ever train, um, not against journeymen, it's like, but, but I'll never train a journeyman. Yeah. I'll go into every single fight trying to win, wanting to win, badly wanting to win, which is why I spend so many hours with them. You know, that's why I go to freaking yoga with them and bloody do the hills with them and stuff like that because desperately want them to win, yeah. But in my opinion. And it's my shout, my, my choice. Absolutely. Um, Fighter safety is paramount. And Nick was going to get... I think Nick, he wouldn't have knocked Brian out. No. It's too tough. Yeah. Whatever he believes, he wouldn't have. But he would have forced a, uh, a referee stoppage, if not in that round, in the next round. He yeah. wouldn't have went beyond four. And I think... Um...
1: But that, by then, what damage is actually done? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's As it. you say, Brian wouldn't right, have gone right down, now.
0: so... Everyone can go, it's his trainer's fault. Brian wasn't stopped. Brian wasn't knocked out. His trainer quit. Yeah, Fine, I'll take that. Of course. I'll take that all day. Because through the next day, without being too cheesy over, Brian spent um, his Sunday with Charlie, Harrison and Chloe. Yeah, and it's, then he went and then he went to the Henry for a couple of little bruises. Yeah, and had a beer and stuff like that with uh, with, with friends and all that sort of thing. And as you say, like,
1: his friends having a beer, going, oh, I can't believe you chain up pulled you out." You were... and he yeah. gets to go. Yeah, no, but it is what yeah. it is. Yeah, it's my fault. That's what I mean. He the, gets my, to he gets to rise trace. above
0: it. Yeah, I think Chris mentioned that he was he was angry, as, ang- as angry as any fighter getting stopped. Of course. Um, but once he come back to the corner, bear in mind. So Bra- Brian's looked at me and said. If, you know what I mean? Of he course wants, he doesn't want to be stopped. I mean he wants Absolutely. to beat Nick ball desperately. Yeah. yeah. You know I mean, he wants to um beat the whole team. Of course. Wants to prove a points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And uh, but by the time he came back to the corner, um Boise, Boise's words were it was a relief. He was thinking before it, uh, um I'm trying to say the right words so we don't misquote him, but he was thinking the talk two were going in here. Yeah. And that yeah. was what Boise was thinking. His own uncle, who's trained them. Back, he was involved back in Rotunda, yeah. Um, Paul Steve, I wouldn't let him get involved in the RT, but he would have been involved then. He would train him outside and this thing. And obviously, uh, you know, he's been in his life his whole life. Agreed with the uh, agreed with the stoppage, the doctor agreed with the stoppage. Yeah, big Kate spoke to me and said, You know, it was a brave, brave decision in this what? environment for a young trainer. I'm, of not, course. I'm not looking for applause or anything else. And I kind of like, I'm glad you invited me on the show and everything, but I only really. Okay, I don't want to come across like what they here but I only really care what a certain amount of people think. Yeah, yeah, if, if absolutely. You know, if you know what I mean? Of course. And it's like, um, I, you know, I spoke to Rob Butler. Yeah, yeah. The next, the next day. Yeah. um Someone I look up to. You absolutely. Know, massively. Yeah. There's loads of trainers in sports look up to, but uh, Rob's just like Rob will always pick the phone up to me. That's yeah, all, yeah. You know what I mean. If I rang George for, him, he's not going to pick the phone up. But, uh, I, I, but, man, but you know, Rob. Yeah, of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. Rob. Uh, I spoke to Fran Sands, who's my old coach at Sefton. Fran, yeah. Um. Fran's not a massive uh, pro boxing fan. Loves amateur boxing, loves the world series boxing and stuff, but yeah. not a ma- massive pro boxing fan. So that was enough, really. Didn't Absolutely, they? of course. anyone else. Clearly I clearly I, I care what uh, I respect you and Chris massively as journalists. Yeah. So it's, I did care. Well, what that was think.
1: why we we re- we reached out in me. We? Yeah, we had a yeah. conversation, and yeah. as I say I bumped up to I bumped up to Boy, uh, into Boise halfway up Snowden. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we had the full conversation up yeah, there yeah. about it as well, yeah. you know, and that's why I was keen to get you on because. My view from the outside of the ring is completely different from from your view. And it was a tough decision and it was a tough call. And, you know, you have come up for a bit of criticism in the aftermath of it. But that's fine. The main thing is you're big enough as a coach and you're responsible enough as a coach. And this is so important to go, you know what? Brian's here to fight another day. That was my job. He wasn't doing what we planned to do. No. So what, why let it keep going? It's like yeah. it's like you know a car crash is about to happen. Yeah, yeah. Why not just stop the car and go? Yeah. Do you know what?
0: We'll race a different day. Yeah, this is yeah. not for us. I think, I think that was very really brave. But you know, great. he's got a really good um, boxing brain. You know, he, he really has, and he's, um, he's he's smart. And he wasn't boxing smart just this particular night, just that particular night. Um, Kurt said what a fight that'll be in the future and I mentioned something about a centre-early title and he went F uh, centre-early title that's going to go English title and in the future of course um, and obviously at at this point Kieran Farrell's um, Brian's manager so you're looking at putting a smile on Brian's face now aren't you yeah yeah of course uh, uh, you know rebuild Uh, And I hope I'm part of that rebuilding process. But whether I'm or I'm not, if I could go back a hundred times and make the same decision, because it was the right decision. There you go.
1: And that's all you need to say. That that absolutely puts the uh, puts the nail on it. It's the nail on it, you know. Because at the end of the day, you're the one that's responsible. You're the one that makes the decision. So ultimately, you can't criticize it. It was the right decision. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'm joined in the the studio by trainer Scotty Hamilton. Stick with us. Coming up in part two, we're going to talk about Scotty's journey into boxing and his own philosophy on the game and then later on the show we're going to talk about all the big news including Tony Bellew versus Alexander Usky it's happening
0: you're listening to the
1: Fight Disciples podcast welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk I'm delighted to say I'm still joined in the studio by one of Merseyside's most exciting young trainers Scotty Hamilton uh, we were talking during the commercial break there about inspiration and, and great to other coaches we mentioned of course Jamie Moore saying that he's got such a red hot stable right now Scotty and you were saying that you know he was a bit of an inspiration to you coming through. He's one of your favourite fighters, and
0: F- favourite British fighter, definitely.
1: Like yeah. Tell us about your journey into boxing. Then you know, when did you first switch onto boxing? At what age? You know, how did you first get into the sport? I
0: think about sort of like uh, I was maybe around, say, around twelve, thirteen, fourteen, type thing. I I, get in, I was getting into like a few, a few fights, and kind of not coming off on the favourable side, type of thing. So my th- dad had a, a mate called uh, Bomber always he always terrified of him he had like a hole in his heart he was like sounds like the scariest man in the world <laughs> I've since seen him and he's not that scary do you know what I mean? but when I was when I was younger I just thought he was like he was terrifying. He was like um yeah he was terrifying so my dad turned around. was he a
1: boxer or was he just like a, a local hard case type of
0: thing? Oh right, okay he used to say in Sefton ABC on right. the, uh, the the Sefton has squad nights Monday, Wednesday Friday and then um the key fit uh boxers and whatever Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday and my dad turned around and said, uh, to it's bomber." My dad was just a football man through and through, um, but, um not not big on boxing. Although we would always get up and watch, you know, Tyson, Bruno, and stuff like that in the early hours. But um, he watched him. Um, he uh, asked bomber to take me to the gym. And I remember Tommy. I was on the bag, dying. <laughs> <was> the God. <laughs> and I thought it was fifth. But um, so, what age are you at bag. the moment, At this age, I think I was. So, so, I think I'm probably. My dad's watched watched this pattern over a couple of years. Um, I'm coming home, and I, I, I'm, not, I'm I'm not getting the better of these like little altercations I was get I was getting into, Um and me th- um I'm probably about say fourteen, yeah, fourteen, nearly fifteen, maybe something like that, and um, my dad said to bomber, uh, can you take our Scott? Um, I think we started off on the Sundays, we'd be there for a good few hours on on a on a, on a Sunday, and he he. he he pushed me, pushed me really hard. At the time, I felt like I was quite fit. I've always been into fitness right through my life. Yeah. Started training when I was twelve years old, and um, yeah, he pushed me really hard. And I remember Tommy, who owned the gym at the time, who uh, like run the gym at the time, run Sefton ABC. He come over and sort of said, you know, hey, you, you know, you should come in the uh, on the, on the squad night. You should you, you should uh, come and uh, and join the club. So um, so yeah, it, it went, it went went from there. Really, it comes down and. Um, I remember everyone who was at the club at the time, probably the one you'd know most is uh Martin Ventry. Martin Ventry was head coach there. Incredible coach. Yeah, Martin, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, it's a character. Absolutely. And, um yeah, and you know, uh Bryn Jones who's recently John Jones who's head coach now, his brother Bryn Jones, uh, he was there as well, and Peter Dundon, and loads of loads of boss people there, to be honest. Well John Jones was still boxing at the time. Yeah. Fran Sands was boxing at the time and stuff. So it's um, so yeah, join join the um, join then. Um, didn't Didn't really have much. Um, I didn't really have much competitive experience. Um p- people like to try and highlight that. But I don't was that because you? Were, <clears throat> cause that was that because the time you were you were still focused on playing football the weekend, no, I don't, I don't or know you know. just didn't? Do you, know, do you know would be the best person to ask someone like Franny Sands. Because sometimes you like <laughs> you create a story in your own head as to why this didn't happen. I've got no. I've got no idea. I was there for years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like so. I'm sort of like. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know I've been punched in the face hundred thousand times, but then you're got like not on my record <laughs> to Chief sparring partner at the A B C So it was like basically I was I, I, I know what it feels like to have my hand raised, I know what it feels like to be defeated, yeah, and I know what it feels like unfortunately to be knocked out. Yeah. Um yeah, I know what it feels like to be knocked out, and I know what it feels like to win and lose and um uh, was around some good people. I feel like I was trained really well, was, um, yeah, I was around some really technical trainers. Obviously, already mentioned Martin Ventry. Yeah. yeah, especially at the time was one of the best. He was an Olympic. Uh, well, I remember coach that Martin
1: time. was the was the GB number one coach. He was the yeah. Olympic coach. You know, it was only politics that got him out of that yeah, job. Yeah. You know, yeah. Martin, of course, with the mahogany tan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Anyone from this city or even outside this city who's been associated with amateur boxing will know yeah. what level of coach Martin Ventry yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he he kind of wrote the book on amateur amateur coaching. Yeah. Let's be honest. So. Yeah. Um, to have yeah. someone like that so early on, yeah, yeah. It, as a bit of a figure in your life and your it's boxing to, life, it was hard
0: to get time with him because um, Gary Jones was there at the time, yeah, yeah, and his nephew Steve Burke, uh, who should have done massive things in the sport, of course, he was unbelievable, unbelievable talent, yeah, it's uh, probably the only person I've ever when I was sparring them uh, prior to sparring them I'd actually feel fear, Of course, prior to sparring them you know, so you'd be sparring your Kev Fessies, your Terry Mars, your John Joneses, your Cyclays. All all these, all these all these good good kids and then um, and then going out to other clubs and stuff like that. But when when you're about to spar, uh sparse three, <laughs> it wasn't going to go well. You know what no. I mean. So well, I, I remember gen- all
1: that, I remember all that generation. Obviously, Gary Jones and Stephen Burke. Obviously, David Burke had been in the Olympics yeah. and everything else. Liverpool was really like completely dominating at amateur boxing right then. Yeah, you yeah, know that yeah. was that golden period. Yeah. Uh, and then just after them, of course, was the likes when the Smiths broke through and Bellew and Price yeah, and all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. It was just literally on the back of them. That was yeah. like the Mulholland days and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So I that was really sitting, a golden yeah.
0: era of amateur boxing for this city, I believe. I remember sitting I, to my race. Right, I can't remember. I can't remember where it was, or, or even if the bout ended up going ahead. Or you know, um, that was the thing. The bout the would get called off a lot back, yeah, back yeah. then. Um, but you know, you don't want to make as I say, the best if someone says, Why didn't Scott Scottie Hamilton have loads of bouts? Franny Sanders, just tell you as it is, yeah, that's yeah. it. I've probably created a little thing in my head, cool. but I, I, I never was made like about it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Everyone was all scared. I was a contender, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I never, I never ever do that at all. I feel like I was well schooled, yeah, uh, because I had great coaches uh, and I was part of a club I still love to this day, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I love the club. I can picture, uh, I can smell walking down the corridors, you come in right now. You know, and it's like it was. It's definitely a special club, and it'll always be uh, close to my heart. Of course, um, but now didn't have it. Didn't have a lot of about bouts. Uh, but feel like I was well schooled. Feel like I've had a lot of experience through, um, uh, through sparring and stuff like that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, wh- so what made you?
1: Where did that switch come then to, to get into coaching? Was that while you were at Sefton? Did he kind of encourage you then to go go for your coaching badges, or did you come away from the sport?
0: Yeah, and come uh, back to it, or I've, I've never been out of a boxing club. Uh, or a boxing environment since that time never um, trained with no callers for um, three three years or something like that on, on Bedford Road yeah. uh, Bridge Road as well and then um, on Long Lane um, so I've been I, I'd never actually come away from uh, from the boxing environment um, always uh, kept my hand in going back to Sefton being there on the Tuesday Thursday and Sunday and being you know you sparring your John Joneses and stuff like that and like uh, good people there. Um, but yeah, never, be, never been away from it. Um, the first place I coached that amateur. I think what people like to say if they, uh, is go. Basically, I was I was a personal trainer first, yeah, and then I've gone into, which which is isn't isn't true, but it, it, it doesn't really matter. But it's not, it's not true. But what I was, I had a salon flooring business, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd be in Sefton religiously Tuesday, Thursday, and the Sunday, and I was also training with Noel Corliss on the other days at the time. And then um, I looked to get an ABC opened just off Haitian road there. Yep. And it's an old Sefton lad called Neil Maher, a uh, box at the club, same time as me, uh, Neil Maher. And for me, one of the, um, one of the best coaches in the city, John Ferris, um, unbelievably committed man. And it, him and Neil started a uh, ABC. Uh, I got in touch with Neil and asked about uh, coaching at the club. And, um, me ABA coaching badge and coached at the club for a period of time and then ended up actually um, going and seeing Martin Ventry and um, so I'm at this point when I went to Long Lane I was uh, full time personal training and then I was mm-hmm. based in Kempston Street uh, yeah, yeah. KBF yeah. it wasn't KBF then it was like uh, power and fitness gym but we still had the boxing gym upstairs so I'm based there full time now I went to see Martin Ventry and asked about coaching at Long Lane and then coached at Long Lane as well Okay, yeah. and then I um, yeah, and then it's still just sorta of just um training training uh, everyday people out of Kempston Street. Yeah. But then also uh, boxers would come to me as well. Um uh, boxing coaches would come to me uh, for just for pad work and um felt like well yeah, built built a reputation type of thing there. Of course. Um and worked my ass off basically, and I was from that point when I went full time at Kempster Street there for a few years, two, three years. Um, I'd be putting sixty, seventy eight hour hour weeks in. Um, got twelve, twelve, thirteen clients minimum every every day. Um, primarily boxing. Yeah, yeah. Um also sport specific conditioning as well, which um yeah, that's another thing I'm passionate I'm, I'm passionate about. But um but yeah, primarily boxing.
1: So what was the what was the big breakthrough into pro? What what made you go from I amateur it was, over to pro who was like the first fighter?
0: I think I think it was um I think it was going to Derry's. You know, I can't. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it was I think it was going to to Derry's gym. Um, Stephen um, was coaching. I was like training uh, the like said you know Tony Dodson and stuff like that in in the gym. Yeah. And Tony just sort of just giving them pads, uh, but speaking boxing, of course, uh, making observations and things like that. Which obviously you know it's one thing to hold the pads, but then it's an, it's another thing to make. Uh, intelligence observations and things of that, and I, and I felt like that's what I was doing. Yeah, um, uh, and Tony like working with me. Uh, and then Stephen Vaughan uh, was uh, doing the, the Malta Boxing Commission, yeah, a little bit naive at the time. But uh, to me, I just knew Stephen Vaughan from from um, promoting Daddy and everything he'd, he'd previously done. You know, yeah. he's done some great, great British boxing body control shows, of course. So I just was thinking, oh, you know, it's like he, he turned around and said, about getting my trainer's license through the Malta Boxing Commission and I started training um, uh, Boise and uh, Jake Carney yeah. and uh, Dotto, yeah. And um, initially, was going to box, uh, box on that. Um, and then what happened was, uh, Dotto got offered uh, a fight against Richard Horton on David Hay versus Mark Damore, uh, and that would mean I would have to apply for my box model control license and then that, that's where it that's where it's come from, it's gone from there that's where the journey kind of yeah, took yeah, you yeah. through and that's how I've ended up being you know a box model control license trainer yeah
1: At one it it sounds like it's been like an organic growth this career path yeah you know when you if you look back now to when you were 14, 15, did you ever imagine no. my life will be forever in bo- pro boxing? No. I'll become a pro boxing trainer. No, no, I just, I, I, like, I can't. I can't. It was, it's, it's unusual that you've come more from, like, the fitness side of things, first of, yeah, First yeah, and foremost. Yeah. Then you've used your background in boxing, yeah. in the fitness world, yeah. and then realize, wait a minute, I can, I can bring these two together. Because it's so important now anyway for professional boxers, boxing coaches. You know, I, I think that the era of the likes of, of, of georgie vaughan and people like that yeah, yeah, yeah. they're kind of slipping away now the next generation like yourself you need to have this understanding of sports science you yeah. need to have this understanding of fitness and nutrition yeah because it's all part of the game no more yeah, it, yeah.
0: these days do you, yeah, know I mean? you yeah, need yeah, to have the yeah. full package yeah it's unusual that you've come that way through yeah it's just literally like it's certainly not it's not a journey i'm going to stop i'm just going to um you know my screensaver on my phone to the lonsdale belt it has been for about Two years, three years, think, yeah. and it, um, it's the best belt in boxing, that's why. Yeah, yeah, it's and that, that's my screensaver. And, um, you know, I don't know, it's I, 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 I've got no ego, and I learn as much as I can every day. I listen to everyone I can, you know, and only really, it's only the people who've like sort of been around me. So, you, uh, you and you're de targeting your, um, uh, your Rob Butlers and stuff like that and, and, and like Jamie Moore and Nigel Travis and stuff they they, they kind of really know you yeah, know yeah. you sort of like, you're dead humble, you love the sport and you're just desperate to just be the best you can, cool. it's as simple as that really, you know, it's just sort of it's like, you know um, quite often as, as a coach you, you know, you sort of like you're, you're like compared to how can you can be compared to a George Vaughan or a Danny Vaughan? Yeah, you, yeah. You not It's not fair. Because it's like comparing a prospect to like Vassil Lomachenko. Yeah. Like give me a break here. Do you know what I mean? Give me, give me, give me a chance to, 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 to grow. Of course. You know? Absolutely. But uh, then yeah. that is 100% achievable. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know,
1: 15, 20 years ago, Danny Vaughan was in a similar place to where you are now, just yeah. learning from his dad. Yeah, yeah. And now he's one of the most, you know, most successful. Well, he's certainly one of the busiest coaches in the country, yeah. if not one of the most successful. Likewise, you know, Jamie Moore, 15 years ago, was just a boxer. If you yeah. said to him then, you're going to be a coach, he'd have probably said no. He'd yeah, probably yeah. said no, and no, I'm going to win a world
0: title. I think, like, I, I'm sure he'd have to put me right, but I'm sure he just said, he said at one point, it doesn't seem that long ago, when we were talking, he just likes uh, helping people out. Yeah, yeah. Do you get what I mean? kind like, of like that. I just like help 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 the lads' house. I, I think it was kind of it was almost
1: forced on him when Oliver got sick that he suddenly yeah, took yeah, on yeah. this this Rocky, elite pro team Martin, of Martin Murray, a boss team, and then man. obviously Frampton's got Am championship and I like the look of of yeah. Jamie Moore, and then he's joined and now suddenly it was Carl's dad's. He's got I mean? yeah, yeah. yeah. Suddenly Carl he's got hadn't this am- of it. That's it, and suddenly he's got this amazing
0: stable. Yeah, but he's doing amazing things with it as well. So when you're there. That's, I mean, that's really. But like, that's gonna be aspirational for you. Yeah, definitely. When you, I mean, obviously Jamie's a legend anyway um, in, in the in the sport. So you know, it's, it's hard it's hard to follow. All you can do is do the best you can, type of thing. But when you when you're there, and as I say, we spent quite a bit of time there um, with the sparring, with the, the great sparring uh, Brian's had with um, with Carl Frampton. But the gym's just buzzing all the time. They're just they just like you, Stephen Ward. Uh, um, Tommy Coyle and Tommy all, Tommy Coyle of. and you know uh, Martin Murray. It's just it's it's on uh, Frampton obviously and Champ uh, Cummins and stuff, yeah, yeah. Cummins and, uh, and that as well. And then you've seen a Mark Leach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. Of he's a c- absolute cracker. Yeah, I, I got Brian Spar in him as well. he really sparring uh, them yeah. Spar him, yeah. Brilliant. Probably the toughest Spar he's had. Brilliant. Yeah, he's like a little wasp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so like obviously, and then and then Daddy's sort of. That he's building um, with George, isn't he? Uh, absolutely, as, as well. I know Sam. Sam Maxwell. Sam Maxwell is my um, favorite prospect. Right, okay. At the he, he's the prospect. Of, uh, JJ Metcalf Sam Maxwell. Yeah. It sounds like I'm saying all from the same gym. And Craig Glover. Yeah, are yeah. My three, three kids uh, Craig, with tons of talent. Haven't yeah, they? Yeah, Craig Glover's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So much talent. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Sam, Sam's like so marketable. Speaks so well. Yeah. Such a nice fella.
1: And he can and fight. <laughs> <laughs> and he can fight as well. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's all about. Having yeah. all them ingredients. Yeah. Uh, stick with us. you will listen to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Come on open path through... Part three, So, sorry. Got a little bit of news coming your way and I'm also going to dig a bit deeper with Scotty Hamilton and find out his, uh, his inspirations in this sport. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. A little bit of boxing news roundup for you now before we uh, finish this final part of the show. Uh, loads going on at the moment. News today that Jack McGann uh, the former MMA fighter turned boxer, who obviously made his debut in, in fine style on that Tyson Fury card a few weeks ago, returns on September the 7th in Leeds. Steve Wood's September 29th card at Liverpool Olympia has had loads of new additions now as well. Tom Farrell, Jay Farrell, Adam Farrell, the three Farrells, uh, Adam Farrell here from the Soli Making Us Pro debut. Luke Willis, Lloyd Campbell, Tom McGuinness. Marcel Braithwaite, Nathan Quarles, Nathan Bennett, all these guys are on. Steve Brogan, Central Area title fight as well, at the top of the bill. Uh, That is destined for the Olympia, as I say, September 29th. Also, Kieran Farrell is uh, planning on doing a show at the Adelphi on October the 5th. That is just waiting to get signed off now. Uh, So loads going on at a domestic level. I'm sure there's tons of Scotties lads involved in those cards as well. But I just wanted to mention the fact that we touched on it at the start of the show. Tony Bellew... Um you know we've been championing on this show uh, regularly about his place in Merseyside boxing folklore now his legacy um he's he's right up there let's be honest with you you know he's certainly in the same conversation as as John Conte right now as the greatest boxer this city's produced um and to be honest he gets the opportunity in my mind to even surpass Conte uh on November the 10th we're here on at the O2 in London Billy will fight Alexander Usk for the unified cruiserweight championship of the world, that is all four belts plus the ring magazine belt. Obviously, that stuff isn't that kind of stuff has never ever been done by any scouser in history. If Bell, you can pull that off, then rest assured that is bronze statue down at the Albert Dock. Time, make no mistake about it, we will have the best cruiserweight walk in the earth. Uh, as in the lineal champion it's a tough fight of course it's a tough fight Alexander Usk as fight fans are know has just won the World Boxing Super Series Cruiserweight Tournament uh, unified all the belts against Gasayev in the final absolutely sensational performance we all thought it was going to be fight of the year and he put on one of the displays of the year and now is uh, is you know I don't think he's any anyone every boxing fan walking this earth it's hard to dispute that he's in your top three top five pound for pound boxers on the planet right now and again another guy who's got a background working with the Lomachenko family and Lomachenko Senior. From a trainer's point of view, Scotty, surely what Lomachenko Senior has done with his son, yeah, and yeah. certainly the influence he's had on the likes of Alexander Uskin, and this generation of Ukrainian boxers, yeah, yeah. whatever he's doing, he's found that lightning in a bottle, hasn't he, yeah, in terms of training?
0: Just, I imagine massive amounts of time, attention, and then thinking outside the box all the time, you know... Um, Little exercises uh, at the end of a hard training session where they get them to use the mind, you know, and um, you know rather than just sort of shower and you're gone. Yeah. You know, it's like um, but I've been wa- I've been watching Vasyl Lemarchenko obviously since the amateur days, and his highlight reels are a lot more jazzy now. Yeah. I used to watch them when they had Ukrainian music in the background, and um, fights like that you you can't help but watch um, constantly. I, I hope I'm always like that as well. I I always used to lose full nights. Just watching YouTube and you know watching your panel whiskers and the, the great faces and you know a uh, going back Henry Armstrong and clips of people like that. Shit, man. So I hope I hope even though as much as I'm involved in pro boxing, I hope I will never lose that.
1: Yeah, never you know, lose the passion for no, it. No, no, no. It's no. funny. I, I um, obviously started my career originally at Liverpool Echo and I covered a lot of football early on like yourself I I grew up in very much a football family I thought I was going to turn pro until uh, the reality check when I was about 14 Uh, but I'd always loved boxing but I didn't realise boxing was my passion until I really started following it and then I completely fell in love with fight sports and now I enjoy football I'm a season ticket holder don't get me wrong but when I covered Liverpool and I covered Everton and I went to match every other week and sat in the press box it diluted my passion for the sport yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I got to see what went on behind the scenes got to know a lot of the players personally You know, I, I seen how the game worked and what the game was all about and I seen it for what it really is and it completely I, I lost all my passion for yeah. it I really had nothing for it anymore but the more I've got into fight sports boxing, MMA everything else the more I know about it the more I meet the people involved it just makes me want to know even more and get involved yeah, yeah. even more. And I'm like you, yeah, of course, I'll watch, you know, I'll happily go and watch the opening weekend of the Premier League this weekend and I'll enjoy it for those yeah. two hours. But I can walk away from that. And Within 30 minutes, it's gone. It's out of my life. Yeah, yeah. Whereas boxing, that's every day. It's 24-7. Yeah. It never leaves you.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's it's the greatest sport in the world. Absolutely. And, um, for me, you know, and it's like, I uh, loved it. I've always loved it. And it's like, I just hope certain things that you get a uh, privy to. Um Questions you get maybe asked by uh, promoters or managers or whatever that you didn't you weren't aware of, you know, they'll going into it. And it's like it's just, um, obviously, as a, as a boxing fan, first and foremost, uh, watching legends of the ring like Roy Jones Jr. Yeah, uh, into the small hours, uh, and obviously, you weren't aware of it, then you just loved it for what it, for what it was, yeah, uh, and you believe it every fight you're watching on a show. Both guys have got a, g- a great chance of winning this fight. And it's like obviously, it's a Bit different from that,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, in regards to you being a trainer, then as a coach, is there any coaches in you, you obviously you've mentioned tons of boxers that you obviously aspire, you know, you, you, you respect and you admire, but in terms of actual coaches, you know, do you, do you watch fighting? I always think yeah, do you yeah. look forward to the one minute in between rounds yeah, yeah, to go, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to hear what but he's going to say, yeah, how's have. he going to respond to this?
0: Yeah, but I always have, I, I, I always have. Um, you know, I've literally like, um, I'll YouTube Teddy Atlas as much as I'll you know, YouTube, Roy Jones Jr. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'll sort of listen, listen to Teddy talking, and uh, he obviously managed Stewart and, he, he, you know, if there's, like, uh, fights and Georgie Vaughan or Danny Vaughan are in the corner, you know, yeah, okay, I'm still watching the fighter, but I'm watching uh, I'm watching Danny, I'm watching George, I'm watching Danny Widow, I'm watching um, all of them, all of yeah. them, because, you know, at this stage, you've got something to learn from each and every single one of them, so it's like you just constantly need to be like, Trying to, just trying to push yourself further and further.
1: Yeah. Yeah. With yourself as well now as well, do you feel like you're learning with every fight, with every round?
0: Yeah, it's like uh, Rob Butler said, I spoke to him after um, Brian's uh, Brian's fight, after the MTK Liverpool show, and I was uh, I was up really early. I was just sit- sitting in the backyard, and I was gutted. I was absolutely gutted, you know what I mean? it's just... Um, you know, that was exaggeration. But could give me left arm for him to win the fight. So I, I gave me left arm. Do you know, what I mean? it's like, so I was gutted. Um, you know, you've obviously I've made a decision and things like that. But it's um, I spoke to Rob Butler at some length. And I've got massive respect for for uh, for Rob. Um, and you know, he he sort of made me feel you know a lot better. Um, you know, he asked me if I had any doubts what, uh, at all as to my decision I said no I could go back 100 times said the same thing go go back 100 times at, um, I'd do the same thing 100 times and he said listen after every fight you're going to wake wake up a better coach you've woke up this morning a, a better coach yeah. and there'll be things uh, things that you'll take from the build up things that you'll take from the dressing room things that you'll take from everything every aspect of the camp uh, and, and you'll improve on it yeah. so yeah definitely
1: what what's the best thing about being a coach? Is it the preparation? Is it the ten weeks' work? Is it the is it the building the plan? Is it the deciding what what we're going to do each day, or is it like a fighter? Is it the fight? Is it the
0: night, the adrenaline rush? It, it, what what do you look forward to most? Is like a, I, I will say that at the time sort of you know um, obviously I'm, I've never had I've had a, a few fighters in, in, in a camp, but I've I've never had a, a stable as such. Um, and rightly so, and you know, it's sort of rightly so that'll come in, in time, maybe. Um, it'd be hard for someone, um, being the way I am right now to be able to manage that correctly and stuff. You know, being there when, when, when Jamie's, you know, Stephen Ward's there, he's doing one thing, Frampton's there, working on completely different, Martin Murray's over there, he's doing something different, you know, and, he, and he's spinning all them plates. Yeah, yeah, of I, I don't think I could do that yet, yeah. What I mean? So, but that's all right, you know, it'll it'll, it'll perhaps uh, perhaps come.
1: Well that's it exactly. And, and you're at gyms like Jamie Moore's and you're looking at Jamie handling it. Yeah. And you're looking at Jamie keeping us cool and, and managing it all and you're learning yeah. from that then. Yeah. Going, yeah okay, yeah, yeah. I can see what he's doing there. He, he can trust Frampton to go through his footwork, Joe. Yeah. But he's focusing on Martin Murray on the heavy bag over there for a second, but now he's come back to Frampton and you yeah. know, you, you can see how how his brain's working. Good number two. Yeah,
0: that's I reckon that, that that's that's I think that's key.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm obviously Nigel's a sensational N- number yeah, two, yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. course.
0: Absolute crazy uh individual yeah uh, very very positive and um boss person to be around so it's like and obviously they're very close friends you know, so they're just there for each other con- you know constantly so um so yeah you know if, you, if, you, if in time you could get that, that, that good number too of course um, yeah
1: in, in regards to yourself i know we're talking a lot about Jamie moorey obviously we both respect him massively as a trainer Jamie, having have spoken to him. He's very much about the the psychology of the sport. He's very much about being positive and what you put out in the universe, you take back and all yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And you know, he always he, he talks a lot about the book, The Secrets. I know yeah, that's yeah. something you've yeah. read yourself as yeah. well. And yeah, think, similar philosophy.
0: Right? Yeah, read read it a number a number of times. It's it's, uh, it's challenging every day, isn't it? Because you you're you're going to attract your dominant thoughts. So you know you so you need to make yourself think positively all the time. And some, sometimes, you know, if you are, you can't, you know, sort of as, as a young trainee, like you, you're receiving criticism and you're like, oh, I don't know if I can tell you, know, I, I, yeah. I didn't sign up for this during you know the course. Absolutely. I, it's new, I can, but I can take it. I yeah, know yeah. I can take it. And it's like, but I've got to not think negatively about it. I've got to still be still be, uh, positive. And it's like, I, I, re- I really want to try and achieve everything I want to achieve. In pro boxing, I want to train a British champion, which is why I have the Montel belt as so my screensaver. Again, yeah. Law of Attraction. Uh, every time I look at my phone, which we all look at our phones entirely too much these days, Absolutely. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna see that for, uh, first, and uh, I want to try and make the gym a success. And without being too cheesy, like you you you're ch- changing lives there, you know, with the the Kick Gloves project, we've got um you know you've got people who you had a woman Sue, such a special individual, Sue Darden and she she basically has cerebral palsy, and um, you know comes in the uh, comes in the gym and, and smashes everything. Do you get know I me? Mean? And it's like, so you, I want to try and still achieve everything with that as well, and, and that'll be the that'll be the challenge, I think. Yeah, you know, because, I uh, know I'm going to achieve it in in both aspects, but it's trying to find time for everything, time and balance. And I
1: haven't, haven't spoken to Derry Matthews about it. Someone else we've mentioned earlier. He seems to have, I don't know whether Derry would admit this, he seems to have a, more of a passion for the amateur and the kids. I think he enjoys that more. I don't know yeah, whether because yes, because yeah. the kids are a bit more fun or whatever, or there's less pressure, I guess. Just but then he, think, I think he thinks the rewards are so much yeah, bigger yeah, as well. Because yeah, yeah. you're not just impacting on potentially one person's life. Oh, I could make this guy a British champion. That would be amazing. Yeah where you've got 30 kids hanging on every single word. Yeah. And he said, there's nothing... You know, We had this conversation about him not going away with David Price and that ultimately led to them splitting up. Yeah. And he was like, David Price, he wanted me to go with him to Germany for sparring, yeah. but I couldn't do that because I had 30 kids getting ready for yeah, kid gloves yeah, yeah. fights. And yeah. that's it. to me, that's as important as him. Yeah. It doesn't matter because they're relying yeah. on me just as much as yeah. he, he is yeah, as yeah. a trainer.
0: That's it, yeah. yeah I, you, you come away um So sort of on... Um, Sunday's a busy day at our gym, and um, I have like a advanced boxing, which is essentially a big part of the pro camp, it's, it's a tough day for them on the Sunday, and um, yeah, it's essentially part of the pro camp, and then I have boxing conditioning after, and then I have the kid gloves after that, um, I always go over it on time, um, and I always um, walk away with like a Stupid grin on my face type of thing because it just feels really good. Hopefully that doesn't sound indulgent because you feel like you are given, you are given back. Teddy's the same. You know, you sort of you are giving a lot back, but uh, it feels good. It feels good. Feels feels. You know, kick gloves. I've got kick gloves on tonight, five o'clock. And it's the class. I've got privates. I've got that class. I've got an adult kettlebell class. I've got, but that's the class I'm looking forward to the most. yeah. yeah. Of course. And I know. You know, I know all the kids, I know their first names, if they've got a middle name, I know the middle names. Um, we've got, like, our own little thing, to say, you know, our own little uh, uh, little jokes that we have. Uh, I know the parents and all that type of thing. And, yeah, it's, it's good. It makes you feel good. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine, yeah. yeah. I can yeah. imagine. Is another thing, then, in your, in your mind, you'd like to train an ABA champion, is that in there as well? Or I, You constantly ask that because, obviously, at, at the position at the moment, you know, you, you're training, you um, you're training these these kids in the kid gloves, and if you haven't got an amateur club, you're gonna you're gonna have to let them go. Do you what I mean? Course. So you're gonna have to. I, I'm in a position where I'm gonna a couple of them box for Rotunda, young game and boxes for Rotunda, young William boxes for Rotunda. Um, the kid from uh, Anfield ABC is a kid from Truebrook ABC, and you know, um, I, I, and they, they they train there and just get this extra training and, but um, the kids that I've come and I've taught. If I haven't got an amateur club, I'm going to have to say, okay, we're going to go Sefton, see what it's like. We're going to go to um, Rotunda. We're going to see what that's like. We're going to go and speak to you know, your Paul ladies your Alan Lynch and, and see if you like the Solly, prefer the Solly or whatever. You, then you've got to let them go. Of course. Uh, which would be a shame. Do yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? but, but it's just the right decision, decision for them. Think, for them. Really, do you know what I mean? So, Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I think I'd have to speak to Alan uh, Lynch about whether I could get... A pro-am. Um, yeah, and then like my gym my gym at the moment thousand square feet I've only got like, um, like one toilet one shower I don't know if, if yeah, that yeah. works you, you know, with the, affiliation the female and stuff. facilities and yeah, all that yeah of course um, maybe I have to make him certain promises and stuff and then also John Ferris, who I mentioned before he used to coach in ABC with him he's co- coached me at Sefton ABC and um, he's the most committed coach <laughs> I've, I've ever seen and that's um, that's saying something. Yeah, honestly, because I've yeah. seen some and, committed yeah, yeah, coaches you know, over the Paul years. And the, Absolutely, the guys at Birken Adventure, you know, they're unbelievable. Of they? course, it's anyway they mentioned before, and his team, he's got their unbelievable commitment from them. But John Fellis is like John Fellis. He never. He, I don't think he drives still now, but we do the hills on a Sunday with. Uh, I was a coach at Derry ABC as well, and we were like, obviously, that's that's ended up flourishing and yeah, becoming yeah. something good. But that was going to be me and John. Me and John were coaching Derry ABC initially, yeah. And um, it, uh, John went to work away, right? And, and that was that. I couldn't do it on my own type of thing. Um, but we were we were meant to be building the Teddy ABC up, and we used to um, take down the hills on a Sunday, so we would be in Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then hills on a Sunday. And John would get like an um, a taxi from his to one kid's house pick that kid up, get a taxi to another kid's house, Unreal. pick that kid up, pick another, t- and then he'd do the same, well, wow. uh, drop off uh, after, and you get sometimes, you get like parents ringing, when he was coaching at um, Sefton, you get parents ringing uh, John Jones up, who's like much more placid and calm and stuff, John's, <laughs> John's around the bend, and you get you get, uh, parents ringing John up saying, it's normal. He's like he's ringing first thing in the morning, you know. He's questioning what they've had for breakfast and like <laughs> did they run last night and all that. He's like honestly, he's mountable for me. He's like uh, he's he's um. I'm not gonna say he's the best coach I've ever worked with, but he's the most committed coach. and He's got a good boxing brain. He's fully committed, perfect for the amateurs. Yeah, and he just wants to breed champions. He's 100, percent and I'd love him to be the head coach. Wow. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, listen, it's all aspirational, mate. You're certainly early on in this journey, but I can tell you're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. It might have been a stressful couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it'll only make you a better coach. Yeah, I think and It's so. a, yeah, yeah. Honestly, an absolute pleasure to have you in the studio. I'm yeah. excited to be part of this journey with you, following yeah. you as you come through and. Mate, I'll be there when you win that British title. Yeah, thanks very much. the most important thing. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'll be back again next week with plenty more Mercy Side fight and action. And if you can't wait that long, hit us up on social media at Fight Disciples or visit fightdisciples.com for much more. We have a podcast, boxing, and we have a podcast for UFC every single week. Um, it's all up there for you. So stick with us. Come back again. And also, don't forget, stick with our social media, Bell U versus Usk Expect an announcement this week. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.